What you do want to do is establish a reputation that says, as best as I can, I'm going to be honorable, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be listening and tuned in and attentive. That's what I stand for. And that's your best tool. Thank you for joining us for the Blended Kingdom Families podcast. This podcast is for blended families, the people who love them, and anyone who just wants to improve their marriage and family relationships. BKF exists to break the cycle of divorce, equip marriages, and unite blended families with the truth of God's Word. It is our hope that today you will receive biblical guidance and practical resources that will bring unity and peace to create your thriving, healthy home. Let's jump in. Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa with the BKF Podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us today. If you haven't already, please take a minute, like, share, subscribe to our podcast. We would love to inform you every single week when a new podcast is released. If you're listening to this on Audible, you can also go to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe and you can listen, watch it on video as well. So today we are excited to have a guest with us who's been with us before, but we are so excited to have you back. Dr. Les Carter, welcome to the podcast. Okay, you know that I've been looking forward to this. Two of my favorite people. So thanks for having me with you. I mean, I'm so pleased with what you all are doing. Thank you. Aw, thank you, Dr. Carter. We love you and um, you know, we miss not having you here in the DFW area, but you're still you're still in Texas, you're still a Texan in the Waco area. Um, but we're glad to have you today with us. But I retired from my counseling practice uh, a few months back. I brought my dog and my wife uh, <laughs> to, to Waco, <laughs> not in necessarily that order. And uh, so I'm, I'm still alive and kicking and uh, still have plenty of stuff going on. That's awesome. Well, we're excited for you. I know that's a that's a new season and that's that's exciting. But for our listeners, I just want to for the ones who may not know who you are, I just want to give a little background and share a little bit about you. But you guys, Dr. Les Carter is a certified marriage and family therapist counseling for over 40 years, 40 years, y'all, um, with his first 25 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With his first 25 years being spent with the Minerth Meyer Clinic, the last 15 years as a co-founder at South Lake Psychiatric and Counseling Center, which he is now retired from, um, he has written over 15 books, you guys, some of which include The Anger Trap and Pleasing uh, When Pleasing You is Killing Me. He is also the creator of the YouTube channel Surviving Narcissism, and we actually did our last podcast with Dr. Carter talking about um, narcissism within blended families and ex-spouses. So if you haven't checked that out, go to the YouTube channel, check it out. Um, just some credentials about Dr. Carter. He's certified by the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapists and licensed professional counselor in Texas. And currently, you know, he's a retired um, you know, psychotherapist specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. And again, you can check out his YouTube channel, which is awesome. And you have, oh my gosh, like half a million followers on that. We're, we're almost there. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's been amazing. We've been doing it for three years and I, I love doing it. I, I haven't run out of any material yet. So yeah, the surviving narcissism. Well, we love what you do and we yeah. love the light that you shed on some really challenging areas of not only just marriage and what we, you know, our audience looks at co-parenting, but you really do bring uh, such a fresh light and some great explanations of behaviors. Uh, so if you haven't checked out his podcast, go check it out, his YouTube channel. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Carter, before we get started, you know, just tell us a little bit about you, your family, anything 
fun, your hobbies, anything you want our audience to know about you? Oh, well, you know, it's uh, my counseling has been my life. And uh, one of the things I like to do is I like to fish. I've got a little, uh, got a nephew down here that we have a couple of little uh, holes that we like to go fish in. Uh, we got a granddaughter down here uh, who's three, little Lorelei. And uh, we, we built a lot of our schedule around her, my wife and I. And uh, it, it, family is everything to us. Yeah. And we have uh, nieces and nephews and all like that. I, I haven't seen my family members for a day and a half now. <laughs> so we're, we're getting together with them a lot. And, uh, you know, our, our Christian faith is, of course, very important to us. And, you know, it's just uh, we, we just like uh, being commi uh, committed to those kind of things. And uh, I, I'm constantly reading and uh, watching things that are going to keep me growing. Uh, mm personal growth is such a huge thing. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, we, we, we're at a good season in our life right now. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. And you've earned that. So yeah. I, we hope that you enjoy that. Uh, but we want you to continue contributing because you have a ton of knowledge and resource. And it really kind of brings us into our topics for today. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know these topics are not they're not easy to talk about yeah. and in blended families especially in extreme what we call fire seasons we deal with these a lot and they are the two we're going to talk about is parent alienation mm -hmm. and child manipulation so again uh topics that as a blended family we're always looking at our yeah. child's health and because you know we're in two separate households you know the congruence of, of information or how the child is treated can be different. So what we want to dive into, one is just talking about what is parent alienation and what is child manipulation. So Dr. Carter, if you could just kind of give your uh, wisdom of experience on these two topics, uh, we'd love to hear that. It, it basically, there's a lot of overlap between the two things that you're mentioning, just the child manipulation and then the parental alienation. Let, let's start with parental alienation. Uh, this actually became a, um, a popular term, I want to say back in the 1980s, late 80s, early 90s, something like that. And I, I, I attended my first workshops on that. 25 or 30 years ago and, and started getting more and more familiar with it. And it's like once you put that title on it, it's it's it so resonates because I've, I've seen so much of it in my practice through the years. But basically, parental alienation syndrome is when one parent, typically in the aftermath of a divorce, mm -hmm. uh, uh, has a specific and deliberate plan to create distance mm -hmm. between the child and the other parent. Hmm. And basically, uh, it comes down to uh, words like brainwashing mm -hmm. or programming a child. And one of the defining features of parental alienation is the parent being alienated has no particular need or reason to be alienated. Hmm. There's no evidence that says that that's the case. Uh, for example, if if there had been a great deal of gross abuse from the parent to the child in one form or another, then we would need to create distance. But in uh, this parental alienation, there's none of that. It's just one parent teaching the child to hate the other. Basically, mm -hmm. I want you to hate who I hate. And it's one of the most insidious patterns that we can possibly see. And then let's pick it up and go into the uh, the child distance. Uh, distancing that you mentioned. Um, sometimes uh, parents uh, can include other people besides the ex-spouse, like 
grandparents or uh, people in the uh, in the neighborhood or aunts and uncles and uh, people like that, where uh, one parent just takes it upon themselves to say, you know, uh, I want to keep a very, very tight control over this little child of mine. And uh, if I can get them on my team, Team and, and have them have the same enemies as I have, then that means I've succeeded. And there's a paranoia that these parents have when they engage with the public and with the extended family uh, in front of them. Uh, recently, I, I did a video on my surviving narcissism channel about what I see just in my own subjective uh, thing, uh, the top five problems created by narcissists. And the top two were parental alienation, and uh, a general abuse inside of homes that uh, uh, that are a part of it. Uh, and and uh, the reason I put parental alienation up there in my top two is because it, it's one of the most difficult patterns to break into. Mm. Wow. And once it's in play and the, the wheels are going, it's very difficult to reverse because the brainwashing is so specific and so difficult to counteract because we're dealing with you know, nine and 10 and sometimes yeah. older children yeah. whose uh, logic can can be manipulated. And you have master manipulators who are good at what they do, and it's hard to reverse it. Would you say, Dr. Carter, that those who engage in parent alienation and manipulation mm -hmm. uh, closely resemble those who are narcissistic? Is that, oh, would you say that was an no absolute parent? I know this is putting me out there on a limb, but uh, pretty close to 100%. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you, you don't deliberately teach your child to uh, hate or dislike somebody uh, in love. Uh, in fact, a, uh, a, one of the definitions I like to use with respect to narcissism is narcissism is the failure to love. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about wanting to be in control and having low empathy and being manipulative and exploited. But when you get right down to it, narcissism is the absence of love. Mm -hmm. And when you train a child to not love, when you train a child to be highly critical or harsh or shunning, uh, when uh, the person that is being shunned is someone who could bring value and benefit then that's narcissism. Yeah. So it, it, it goes hand in hand. And it's uh, it's like I say, it's insidious. And I ache every time I see cases, I'd have a couple sitting or people sitting in my office. What do I do? And I can have one story after another about all the tricks and, and all that the alienating parent does. But it's it's there and it's 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 very pathological. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I just I, I look at this and. You know, you said something and it really kind of shook my thought process is you said narcissism is the lack of love or it's the is the failure to show love mm -hmm. um, and running the semblance kind of down the train here is if a parent is, you know, practicing child manipulation or, you know, child alienation, um, it really is not showing them love. Mm. You know, it's abuse. It's abuse. Yeah. Um, so again, if you're, if you're, I know a lot of parents who watch us probably think they have the best interests in mind. Yeah. You know, I don't think people go into this unless they are extremely, what you would say is narcissistic. 
uh, go into this thinking that it's, would you say it's kind of a gradual slope? You kind of slip into this mm. over time? Um, yeah, uh, it, it comes to a head in divorce. Or if a person uh, had, uh, if a couple had a marriage or a child outside of marriage, it comes to a head when there's the split up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's been building for quite some time. The, the person who's willing to manipulate a child into disliking someone who is in a position to bring value to that child is uh, paranoid. It's like, well, if they, they think of love as being a zero sum kind of thing. Well, if you love this person over here, then that means that I won't have as much. Mm-hmm. And so I have to have your love and your loyalty, which means you have to have less and less of it over there. And yeah. so they have twisted reasoning and twisted logic. But then they uh, put that reasoning and logic inside the, the mind of a child. Just simple little illustrations of how this can play out. Uh, uh, let's say that um, you've got a, a son or a daughter who's been over at dad's and mom hates dad and says awful things and dad gives uh, the child a gift. Uh, well, the, that dad may come in later on and say, yeah, after the child went back home uh, to, to mom, I found the gift that I gave her underneath her bed. Uh, because uh, my child was afraid to go and show that we had something nice between us. And so uh, the, the child thinks, oh, if I go back home and let my mother know that I had a really nice time with dad, I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And over time, and this is that building and growing thing, the, the parent uh, starts thinking, good, I, I want you to think that way because he's no good. And then the, that alienating parent can say something like, well, you know that they have this problem over here or they've done this. There's so many things that you just don't know. Or if you're over there with your uh, mother or your dad, whichever it might be, uh, if there's ever a problem, you know, I'm only a phone call away. And, and, you know, just kind of putting the thought into the child's mind Mm -hmm. uh, is this isn't going to be a good relationship between you and that parents. And so, you know, that I'm here, I'm going to be the hero and I'll be there for you. And that's what I mean when I say, there's a brainwashing or a programming that that parent will put into uh, uh, the child. And then there's so many other manipulative schemes that they can have. Uh, had another case where, yeah. uh, you know, the, a, uh, a child was going to, uh, was supposed to go to dad's for uh, father's day. Uh, well, mom schedules a cruise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's, what's dad going to do? Say, well, you can't go on a cruise and, and, you know, and the child is put into that kind of position. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And I almost think of it, you know, we almost always look at this and say, well, one parent's probably doing that. What if both parents do that? Yeah. And I mean, I, I think I have a two part question for you, Dr. Carter. What does, what does this do to children as far as like emotional, spiritual, you know, um, psychologically, um, how can this affect children? And then two, for people that are walking in a season of this and they're dealing with parental alienation, what are some steps that they can take? Well, with respect to the child, uh, of course, the child is going to be conflicted mm-hmm. uh, because if they go to church and or some other uh, kind of thing where they're where the Christian values are there, they're going to hear things like you're supposed to forgive or kindness is necessary, or love one another, things like that. And it's going to create a real conflicted element inside that child. 
Um, one of the things that I say to the offended parent, or it may be a grandparent or, you know, a, a niece or a nephew or something like that. Um, you have to be very careful that you don't, uh, it's the old don't exchange evil for evil or insult for insult. Yeah. You don't want to take the same tactic that the alienating parent is willing to take. And you don't want to say, well, you know, that your father, your mother is just, they're constantly making stuff up and uh, you're going to hear all sorts of lies about me. You don't want to do that mm -hmm. uh, because all that does is it just uh, puts the kid in the middle of the crossfire and that kid didn't ask to be there. Yeah. And uh, they're there just uh, not of their own choosing at all. And so if you're the parent or that person who's being alienated, you want to at least be the voice of goodness yeah. and reason. And uh, for example, uh, let, let's go back to that illustration. A dad gives a child a gift and then um, realizes that the child is afraid to take the gift because mom is going to confiscate it. Mm -hmm. uh, later on to that dad, I would say, well, just speak kindly to the child. Uh, the next time you have that child, it may be like, hey, I noticed that you left such and such behind the last time you were here. Um, why don't we just decide that when you're with me, then we'll have some stuff here. And when you're with mom, you can have your stuff over there and we'll just make it as comfortable as we can for you. I just want you to feel okay about some of the things that we have. And, and notice tone of voice, tender reasonable, calm, non-threatened. And, and you just want to speak to that child in such a way that says, when you're with me, you're not going to get coercion and you're not going to get harshness and I'm not going to ridicule the other person. And uh, sometimes uh, that can uh, uh, create enough of a relief in the child that you wind up being a, a safe person and a contrast to that overbearing Machiavellian kind of a parent over here that micromanages everything. Uh, but that is so necessary for you to have your groove on in that kind of direction, as opposed to getting into the battle with the child being, you know, the one that's being tugged on. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah, I, I, I think that's also it's just great advice. And I think, you know, again, our listeners who are in that kind of heat season, mm -hmm. you know, kind of getting to that point where I know you're frustrated. Yeah. But as you said, Dr. Carter, if that comes out, which it probably can come out in more anger, especially anger towards the other parent, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're, you're caught in the same hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, it, it's really, really challenging for that parent who is in, on the receiving end of that mm -hmm. to be patient, to be kind, to be in soft tone. But I just want to encourage them to remember they're talking to their child. They're not talking to the other parent. Yeah. They're, right. they're, they're in control of that relationship with that child. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest? And this is, this may be a little bit harder question, <laughs> but I, I want to give you an opportunity to answer it. What would you suggest if you're on the receiving end of that type of parent alienation, or you feel like your child is being manipulated? How would you address the other? How do you address a narcissist? who's being narcissistic, who's hurting your child. How do you, how would you as a parent come across to the other parent? Um, you're right. That is a tough question. And the reason it's a tough question is you're asking, how does a normal person engage with abnormality? Because mm. what you want to do is bring your normal way of reasoning to that other individual 
And that other individual who's doing the alienating is going to very quickly remind you, don't you remember? I'm cuckoo. Uh, don't you remember? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a personality disorder. I don't, I don't think normally. Now, they won't say it quite in those words. But when you say, hey, look, um, why don't we just agree that sometimes we do things differently, but let's support each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that alienating parent is very predictably going to say something like, I don't know which, uh, what, what you're drawing upon, but I, I'm doing everything right, basically, is what they're thinking. Uh, they have a very tight wall of defense around themselves. Mm. And, and they'll probably say something to the effect of, if there's a problem, then that's, uh, that's on you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything right. I'm just talking truth to our son or to our daughter. And if you've got a problem, then you need to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's assuming they would even talk with you at all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're, you're probably going to hit a, a brick wall. And so rather than trying to talk with that other parent in such a way in hopes that that parent is going to say, well, now that you put it that way, I, I see the light. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to do that. I mean, go ahead and speak if you need to and, and uh, stand on your truth if for no other reason to hear yourself do it. Uh, but then uh, also let it be known uh, to that other parent, just know that I know that you and I have differences. Uh, I'm going to do the best that I can to bring my decency and my responsibilities in the cleanest way that I can. I hope that you can appreciate it. If you don't, I still need to be uh, the kind of parent that I need to be. And and, and you just offer no particular apology. And mm. basically your calmness, which is very difficult in a situation like this, becomes your message, not the words itself, because the, the narcissist, the, the alienating parent is just going to chop that up like mincemeat. Hmm. Uh, so it, that's what I mean when I say it's so insidious because these people are so impenetrable. Hmm. Uh, and that, that's, that's part of the, uh, the defining feature. They're willing to build their communication with the child upon untruths in the first place. Hmm. And so when you come along and say, let's talk truth, it's like, I am talking truth, which is part of their lying to themselves. Yeah. So does a narcissist not know that they're a narcissist? Oh, they've, they've got the whole thing so tightly rationalized in so many cases. Part, part of the defining feature of narcissism is what we refer to as alternate reality. Wow. And in other words, they make up the facts as they go along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, for example, uh, let's suppose that uh, that alienating parent has a history of screaming and being totally irrational. Mm-hmm. And so then the child finds out, well, you know, dad or mom, whichever it is, uh, has a bad temper. That alienating parent might say something like, actually, I'm probably one of the calmest people you've ever met. Uh, I happen to be around people that are very difficult. And so if there's a problem, it's because of that person over there who's not cooperative. And so they, they can just kind of twist things around. That's how they do things. And, uh, and, and so they, they bring that brainwashing kind of mindset to the child. It's always someone else's fault. Uh, they project their junk onto the other person. Uh, projection means I see in you what I don't want to come to terms with inside myself. Yeah. And so with the, the person who's being alienated, what I do is I say, go straight to the child. Uh, for example, uh, if it's a father or a mother uh, or a grandparent, perhaps you might say something like, well, you've probably noticed that your other parent and I don't think the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not likely that we're going to think the same. And 
So let's just realize that when you're here with me, here's how we're going to handle things. I'd like for you to just be willing to talk with me uh, about whatever is bothering you. Or if we have scheduling needs, let's make sure that we uh, coordinate it well. Uh, I want to make sure that we're conscientious of one another's needs on that. And, And you give coaching between you and the child with respect to what you know is the preferred path. And you just uh, go with the assumption, if I try to bring the other parent in, the other parent by definition of parental alienation is gonna try to torpedo me. So I'm not gonna stick my face out there and say, here, slap it. Uh, I'm just not gonna do that. Yeah. No, that's good. What what spiritual advice would you give? Because you know, a lot of times, Dr. Carter, you know, people can get mental mental illness or, um, you know, things that people are dealing with, it can also be a spirit, you know, a spiritual side of that as well. And so what are just some practical and spiritual steps that, you know, that we can take with our children, whether that's prayer or, you know, being in community at our church, things like that, what would you suggest? Um, you, you want to make sure if you're in that position with the kid that of course you expose that child to, Well, whatever kind of spiritual teachings you have at your availability, if if it's things like the books around that you have or uh, programming on uh, media devices, I was going to say television, but these days it's everything, Uh, or, you know, camps and things like that. Uh, Of course, you want to make them available uh, to your child. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, um, to me, spirituality is not about teaching a child really excellent doctrine. Not that I'm against doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, spirituality, and I alluded to this when I talked about what narcissism is, begins and ends and is in the middle. It's all about knowing the essence of love. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I'm, love is of God. And in fact, the, the Bible says if, uh, if a person says they love God but hate their brother, he's a liar. Mm-hmm. And so love is it. Love is the filter. Yeah. And so your spiritual uh, directive to the child is to let it be known when you're with me and when we are engaging with all these various people that we may have in our world, uh, let's figure out what the loving way to approach this would be. You know, for example, we're going to have your cousin over here, and it may be that uh, the other parent has spoken badly about that cousin. Uh, and it's like, well, um, you're, when your cousin's over here, let's make sure that we uh, help that person feel special. Mm. And uh, let's talk about, you know, because that's what I want us to stand for. And and so you give that kind of teaching and you you can obviously bring it in with uh, your discussions about who God is. But you show that here with me, what I want to emphasize is love and goodness. And uh, that's such an essential part. Uh, I want to give you an illustration that is very telling. Uh, I had a guy that came to my office that was 45 years old. When he was 12, uh, he and his uh, his parents divorced and uh, his family, his dad lived out of state and they had moved down to the Dallas area. And for, I guess it would be 33 years, he lived in the Dallas area and his father was in Ohio and mom made it so difficult for him to see him that he wound up uh, not seeing his father for 30 years, wow. uh, 30 years. And at age 45, it's like, I think I'm going to go look up my dad. And he did. And he went back and he flew back to where his father was. And he came back and and talked with me, said, my dad's a nice guy. Mm 
Now, they had had some real difficulties in their marriage, and mom played that up huge. Uh, but then it's like, what was my mother doing? And, and actually, the mother's mother, so his grandmother, was a, a flying monkey just uh, echoing everything that was said. Mm-hmm. Why did they want me to hate him so bad? And it really created some difficulties between him and his mother. His grandmother had since passed on. And he wound up 30 plus years later reconnecting with the alienated parent. So there are times when that might happen. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I say what you don't want to do is uh, be just like the person who's creating the problem in the first place. Yell and scream and blame and, you know, put the kid in the middle. What you do want to do is establish a reputation that says, as best as I can, I'm going to be honorable. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be listening and tuned in and attentive. That's what I stand for. And that's your best tool. And, and then sometimes you have to be patient to give the child time to allow maturity and insight and wisdom to catch up. Uh, and, you, and you hope it happens. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I am just so appreciative of all of this uh, because yes. I know so many people who watch BKF and our podcast are in some very difficult times. And, mm-hmm. and parent alienation and child manipulation is rampant. It mm-hmm. happens. And my hope and my prayer is that if you're watching this and whether you're on the receiving end or the giving end, yeah. that you understand that it is not in the best interest of the child. Uh, this is not showing love and, and really take heart what Dr. Carter is saying about all this. So our, our last couple of questions, Dr. Carter, mm-hmm. is number one, if you had a blended family, and I know we've probably gone through a couple of these steps already, but if yeah. you had a blended family in front of you, whether they were dealing with this or, or maybe not, what advice would you give them? What nugget of information would you pass along to them? Well, I'll, I'll draw upon just straight up research, and I, I won't get into all of it, but just trust me on that one. Uh, research shows that children of divorce are going to do much, much better emotionally when mom and dad speak well of the other person, Mm. uh, of the other parent, and of all the the system that's associated with them. And and even if there's some difficulty, you still want to try to speak words of encouragement and support. And so to those people, it's like you want to be the kind of person that shows that even if we have difficulty or strain or differences, We can still find a way of decency. Uh, I have this thing, uh, Dr. C, D-R-C, stands for Dignity, Respect, Civility. And uh, we want to treat one another with those three primary ingredients. And and so when when your child is going off with the other side, so to speak, you let it be known. I really hope you have a good time. And I know you've always enjoyed, you know, Aunt Maud's company, or I know you're going to see your cousin Bobby over here. And I hope that goes well. And you speak encouragingly and you, you would coach the other side to do the same in reverse. And when the kid realizes, well, okay, the marriage didn't work, but you all are supportive of each other's um, milieu, then usually a kid is going to, uh, that's going to minimize greatly the conflict that they're going to have. And uh, even if you're the only one doing it and the other person is still doing the alienating, you want to be that parent Mm -hmm. and make sure that you stand for uh, the things that are decent and good. That's good. It's great stuff. Yes. Well, last question, Dr. Carter, and we ask this to all of our guests, but Blended Kingdom Family is the name of the ministry. What does a Blended Kingdom Family mean to you? You know, 
we live in a broken world, don't we? Mm. And when you talk about blended, the, the implication is it was apart and we're trying our best to get back with each other. Brokenness is not something that we as uh, a body of believers need to be blown away by or threatened by. You can tell a lot about a person's spiritual and psychological maturity in the middle of conflict. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really easy to, to look mature when everything's running real smooth. Mm. So use your moments of conflict to say, I want to be God's instrument. That's, awesome. uh, that's when you're going to see maturity at its best. And uh, I, I, this gives me a chance to show that I'm not a fair weather Christian. I'm not a fair weather psychologically whole person. I can be that even when the, the, the situation is less than ideal. And that's when you know that you've got it. Yeah. yeah, That's good. Well, Dr. Carter, it has been a pleasure having you with us. Uh, before we leave, can you let everybody know and, and tell everybody where they can find you? Well, of course, I have my YouTube. I have two channels. Uh, can't have one, got to have two. Uh, <laughs> one is Surviving Narcissism, and that's the big one where we have a large number of followers. And then the other, we, we've got some good followers on that. It's just called the Dr. Les Carter channel. Yeah. And I upload uh, two videos per week on each of those channels. And then we also have a lot of articles and things like that on survivingnarcissism.tv. That's our website. And we have um, webinars and courses and things like that that we offer. And also uh, that would be the best way to go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one of the things I love about you, Dr. Carter, is you're not flashy, but you are a wealth of information. <laughs> and we love that. And we miss well, Gus in the background. He, he, he you left see us. Gus back there? Yeah. He's over there asleep right now. Let's see. There he is right there. <laughs> Hello, awesome. Gus. Gus is famous. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Carter, for joining us today. And thank you to our audience for listening in. And like you, Scott was saying earlier, you guys, if you have not already, um, you can also leave us a review on our iTunes channel. It just helps more um, viewers and listeners know more about the podcast and just be encouraged by what you have mm -hmm. to say. And so today I just want to read a review from Sir Perkins. It says, very encouraging. Love what you guys are doing for the blended family community. Keep doing what you are all doing. So thank you so much. And you guys, we hope you have an amazing and blessed day. Take care. Hey guys, so glad you were here with us today and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And you can find more resources from Blended Kingdom Families at blendedkingdomfamilies.com. Join us again next time as we hang out with more amazing podcast guests. And remember, nothing will be impossible with God.